0: your presence here today. I thank you that you are indeed a good, good God. And it is good to be in your presence, Lord, to worship you. It is good to receive your love back to us. We thank you that you have been here. We thank you that you have a word to speak to us. We pray that our hearts would be open, that the seed of your word would go into the soil of our hearts and would produce a hundredfold fruit. And we thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. So today we are continuing our series on the book of uh K-fibet, chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. And the message is entitled, Never Give Up. <clears throat> so let's read our text to get us into the context of what we've been speaking about for several weeks now. God's power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowing the one who called us to his own glory and goodness. By these he has given us valuable and superlatively great promises so that through them you might come to share in God's nature and escape the corruption which evil desires have brought into the world. For this very reason, try your hardest to furnish your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with perseverance, perseverance with godliness, godliness with brotherly love, And uh, brotherly love, affection with love. For if you have these qualities in abundance, they keep you from being barren and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. Indeed, whoever lacks them is blind, so short-sighted that he forgets that his past sins have been washed away. Therefore, brothers, try even harder to make your being called and chosen a certainty. For if you keep doing this, you will never stumble. This you will be. Uh, thus you will be generously supplied with everything you need to enter the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Deliverer, Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. So right now we're in that middle section of this passage, and we are learning about what it means to uh, furnish our faith. A couple of weeks ago, Rabbi Michael uh, started talking about that section, and he explained to us that God has called us to actively add to our faith these other qualities that we have been looking at. And as we were going through this passage, and we've been discussing it over the weeks, uh, we marveled that you always think about faith comes by hearing. Hearing Hearing what? The Word of God. And so that's what we are told in in Romans. But this passage here just had never really stood out to us before obviously we read it many times we read through the bible on a regular basis but God just really quickened this passage to us and this whole concept that that we have our basic faith that has been given to us but here God is commanding us and it is commanded. Rabbi Michael spoke all about that and you can listen to the podcast if you miss uh the the message but he talked about what it means to furnish our faith and that we have to actively Add these things that Adonai is instructing us to fortify the faith that we have with these things. And he shared the example of the cereal boxes that, that you pick up. My family doesn't eat a lot of cereal, but you know, on the box it says fortified, right, with these certain nutrients and vitamins. So that same sort of concept of fortifying our faith with these uh, different qualities. So, so far we've looked about fortifying our faith with goodness with knowledge and last week with self-control and I, Rena just left but I want to say a, a, a big thank you to Rena and Evan you know they stepped in literally at the last minute Saturday morning and took over the service uh, she took Rabbi Michael's notes and she preached the message and he stepped in to to lead worship and the rest of the leadership rallied behind them and again just thank you to them for doing that yeah you can give them applause we just really appreciate you know, it's, that was one of the applications of the scripture that says be ready <laughs> in season, and they were ready, and we are grateful for them and, again, the rest of the leadership. So she spoke about self-control last week, and so today we're looking at perseverance. And I uh, started this series with the message Get Plugged In, and in that message I talked about how life can be very challenging, uh, that difficulties can seem to bombard us on a daily basis. And you might be in uh, one of those seasons right now where it seems like everything uh, that could go wrong is going wrong, and the pressure may seem unbearable, and maybe you can barely smile as you, you know, come into the sanctuary today because of the weight of, of life that overwhelms you. And at moments like this, it is so easy to feel like uh, giving up to throw in the towel, because what happens is our faith is weakened because the enemy throws doubt and unbelief at us because it seeks to push out those superlative promises that Rabbi Michael spoke about a few weeks ago. And, uh, and so that doubt and unbelief comes in to attack our faith, and that's why we need to fortify it with perseverance. And other nice encouragement today is for us to do exactly that, to strengthen our faith, with perseverance. And he says to you and me this morning, never give up. Can you turn to your neighbor and say that? Never give up. So before we look at how we're going to persevere, I want us to look at what perseverance is and what it is not. Because often people have the wrong concept of uh, meanings of words. And when it comes to perseverance, I think often people think that means to just grin and bear it. We have this concept that it means we have to simply resign ourselves to the fact that this is what uh, you know, life has dealt us. This is the situation uh, that we ha- have before us, and we just have to uh, put up with it. It has this connotation of just passively trudging through the challenges, not knowing if you're even going to make it through it. But I'm just going to hang in there and see whatever happens. Well, friends, that's not perseverance. That is not what God means. Perseverance is so much more. And to give you context to this book here, Kepha is speaking to a congregation of believers. And this congregation are under attack uh, from heretical teachers who have come in and have begun to to teach heresy. And in doing so, uh, they have lured away some of their friends. So the people in this congregation are experiencing loss as some of their friends have been lured away and they're actually believing these false teachings and heresy. And Kepha is encouraging them in the midst of this to uh, you know to strengthen their faith because this heresy is threatening to destroy this local Kehillah. And he encourages them to strengthen their faith by adding to it perseverance. And he's not telling them to just hold on, hoping that everything will soon pan out, that's not what he's telling them to do. He's telling them, strengthen your faith by perseverance. And this is what he means by perseverance. First of all, perseverance means to stand steadfast and unflinching even under the heaviest of loads. So Kepha is saying to the Kehilah here, and Adonai is encouraging you and me today, and some of you, you know, I can see when you walk in to, to the room, I can see a weight on you. It's not discernment. It's, it's just your body language. There's a weight that some of you are carrying around. And that weight, you know, just, you know, wants to suck the life and promises of God out of you and wants to drain you of your faith. And this is why God is calling us to stand firm in who we are in Messiah. No matter how heavy the burden may seem, God is encouraging us. Perseverance means I'm not going to buckle under the weight. And we're going to talk about how we persevere in a few minutes here. But to know what it means, it means I'm going to stand in who I am. I'm a child of God. You know, I have been bought with the precious blood of Messiah Yeshua. Uh, he is my defense, no matter what the enemy throws my way, I know that in the end I will come out victorious, so I will not be moved, I will stand firmly in my position as a child of God, not giving in, not flinching, because the enemy continues to bombard me with these attacks. When you look at the chapter, uh, chapter 11 of the book of Messianic Jews, Hebrews, we know that is often called the Hall of, of Faith, Right? So this chapter lists these men and women who persevered in their faith. They remained steadfast, even when some of them faced death and they faced uncertainty. Each of them had their own obstacle to overcome. And each of them remained in faith because they chose not to give up no matter what the obstacle was that they faced. And God is encouraging you and me to do the same. Don't give up. Stand firm, and in standing firm, you will increase and strengthen your faith. The second thing that perseverance is, is perseverance will not surrender to circumstances. God is calling us to resolve, not to give in to the difficulties that seek to swallow us up. We cannot surrender to hell's attempts to derail our faith through the circumstances of life. Think about these men and women from the Tanakh. Abraham certainly had opportunity to yield to the circumstances that said that he and Sarah would never bear a child. Romans 4, one of my favorite passages to preach from, says that Abraham did not waver in doubt and unbelief, but rather he was strengthened in his faith. How was he strengthened? Because he persevered. He was not going to let his circumstances dictate his faith. But he remained steadfast, persevered, understanding that even though the circumstances look bleak, and even though in the natural there was no way at 190 years old, anyone up to having a child at 90 years old, ladies? Okay, right? In the natural, not possible, but God worked a miracle. And he was rewarded for his faith, but his faith was strengthened because he did not give up. He didn't let his circumstances dictate his faith. He stood firm in who he knew God was. Think of David. When he comes to the battlefield and he sees the Goliath there, every other Israelite ran from him. The circumstances says this giant cannot be beaten. David did not let the circumstances deter him. He was not going to let the circumstances make him shrink back and to give in and cave like the rest of the, the Israelite army. He said, no, I know the God in whom I serve, the same God who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear. He is the same God who would deliver this uncircumcised uncircumcised Philistine into my hand. And so he didn't let circumstances uh, make him uh, shrink back in his faith. Think of Hadassah, the story we celebrate every year at Purim time. It would have been easy for her to say, Oh well there's nothing I can do once the king has issued the decree that's what it is she could have said it's no sense of me going into the into the king but she did not surrender to her circumstances she persevered she stood strong in her faith in God and in who he was as God Almighty, and that's what God is calling us to do today. Don't surrender to the circumstances, no matter how bleak they may seem, no matter how overwhelming your circumstances may be, don't surrender to them. Abraham received the reward of his faith. He had a son named Isaac, and because of that, you are here today if you're Jewish. Think about that. David did not succumb to the circumstances, and he defeated Goliath. Hadassah did not succumb to the circumstances, and again, because of her, the Jewish people were preserved. Don't allow your circumstances to cause your faith to buckle. Perseverance also actively and courageously resists the evil powers that press against us. Do you hear that? It actively and courageously Resist the evil powers that press against it. Once again, I thought of the story of David and and Goliath. He boldly stepped onto that battlefield and faced that giant. He engaged the enemy because he knew that God was on his side. If I'm persevering in my faith, it means that I'm going to actively engage the enemy when he seeks to come and to taunt me, which is what Goliath was doing. He came out every day, and, and he taunted them. And, and, and even when David came out to him, what did Goliath do? He laughed. Huh, you think you're going to, you know, do you know who I am? And we talked about Goliath. We did a whole series on conquering giants a few years ago. Goliath had a reputation. He was a giant. He was a skilled warrior. And he laughed at David. But David came to engage the enemy. And we, if we're going to persevere, it means we're not going to shrink back, but we're going to face the enemy who comes against us, and we're going to actively engage him. And that's what David did. He took his slingshot, and he took that stone, and he put it in there, and he says, I come to you against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, the, uh, the, of the heavens and the earth, the God of Israel, whom you defy this day. And on this day, on this day... He will deliver you into my hands. Does anyone have that unction in them today? This is shouting, preaching, guys. I'm just saying it, okay? Thank you, Adeline. You have to have that inside of you. Perseverance says, you know what? I don't care what you're throwing my way. I don't care how big you look into me. I don't care how strong you appear. I know the God in whom I serve, and I know that today. Today he will deliver you into my hand. Even as Carol said, she says, I didn't give in to that sickness. People said, oh, you know, this is what this disease is. She says, I didn't name it. I didn't claim it. I stood firm in the fact that God is my healer. And I spoke to sickness and disease. And I spoke to the enemy and said, take your hands off my body. She fought against him all week. And she is here this morning healed because she did not give in to the circumstances. And not only that, because she engaged the enemy. We have to be willing to engage enemies. That is what perseverance does. I want to be a giant slayer. Another message series, but perseverance, giant slayers. Perseverance also looks beyond the current pressure to the future glory. We're told in the new covenant that Yeshua... Endured, he persevered through the tree of sacrifice because he looked forward to the glory, to the resurrection that would take place afterwards. It's the same for you and I. If we're going to persevere, it means we're going to look beyond. Rob Shaul says that these struggles that we go through, and I don't mean to minimize it, and these are not my words, they're Rob Shaul's, and he's not minimizing it either. I know the struggles that I've gone through in this past week and month, but he says these struggles we go through are but momentary light affliction in comparison to the glory that we will receive one day. And when we get that perspective, that's what perseverance does. Perseverance says, yeah, right now I'm in a tough spot. Yeah, right now things are difficult. Yeah, right now it's like all hell is broken out against my life, but I see something beyond this. I see something beyond the the tree of sacrifice. I see uh, something beyond the grave, Yeshua said. He saw the resurrection. And we have to do the same. We have to see beyond the the difficulty, beyond the challenge that we're in. We have to see beyond to the promises that we spoke about earlier. Again, put it in the whole context of this chapter and what Kepha was saying to these believers there. There are promises that God has made to you and to me and to this congregation. And though we walk through a difficult season and a time, we're not going to focus on the difficult season and time, but we're going to look beyond that to the promise that God has made to us personally, for our families, for this congregation. And as we do, that will add to our faith. Amen. Though they tarry, they will surely come to pass. Abigail shared it in her Devar Torah. God always keeps his word. Always, always, always. Always keeps his word. Whatever word that God has spoken, whatever promise you read in the scriptures, in the Tanakh, in the New Covenant, you can be guaranteed that God will fulfill exactly what he said. And perseverance, the last thing on our definition of perseverance It deals triumphantly with whatever life throws at it with the ability to transform those things into stepping stones to that glorious future that it is looking to. We all know the saying that when life throws you lemons, make lemonade, right? Well, that's sort of what perseverance does. Perseverance is the ability to transform the challenges that we're facing into something that we can use to help us get from where we are to where God uh, intends us to be. I thought of the story of Rob Shaul and his companion Silas as they were traveling and uh, they got thrown into, into the dungeon because of their faith and because they were proclaiming the good news of Messiah. They didn't give up, friends. They didn't say, it's all over. They didn't say, oh, well, there's nothing we can do. Now we're in these shackles and chains. Oh, me, oh, my, I guess uh, this is the end for me. Now, what did they do? They had a midnight worship service. In chains, they responded as victors, and they knew that prison was not the final place that Adonai had for them. They knew he had more for them, and their victorious singing broke the chains of darkness off of them. They didn't respond to the circumstance in defeat. But they rose up as victors. And that's what God is calling you and I to do. Perseverance stands in the face of adversity and says, I am a victor. I am not a defeated person. And it's not just positive confession. I'm able to do this because of my position in Messiah Yeshua. I am a child of God. I am victorious in Messiah Yeshua. He causes me to triumph right? This is all the scripture tells us, to triumph through Messiah Yeshua. So perseverance is a, 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 it has the ability to stand and to stand victorious even when things are going around, getting thrown into prison and all other sorts of bad things happening to you. So this morning as we were uh, getting ready, actually we had a birthday breakfast together. We had a, a TV on and we were listening to this minister. And what was his message on? Perseverance. Michael said, oh, he's preaching your message, Carol. And he talked about, he was encouraging in his congregation to never, ever give up. And he was encouraging them to not settle for less than what Adonai has promised. And that's what perseverance does. Perseverance knows that God has promised this. There's the land over there, and that this wilderness where I'm at, is not what God has promised. So I'm going to persevere because I know the promised land is in front of me and that this wilderness even though he's giving me manna, even though he's giving me water, is not what God intended for me. So I'm going to enjoy the manna and water while I'm here, but I'm not going to settle for the wilderness. And he says sometimes our mentality is because God's giving us manna and water, we're like, oh, this is great. I'll just hang out here in the wilderness. Friends, don't hang out in the wilderness when there's a promised land in front of you. Perseverance says I'm going to go through this wilderness, and I'm going to take possession of the promise that God has made to me, whatever that promise may be. For Israel, it was the literal land. Each of us have different promises that we are believing God for, and he wants us to persevere to receive those promises. And in persevering, we will strengthen our faith. Okay, Rabbi Carol, that sounds great, but it sounds like a lot of work. So how do we persevere? Well, I want to tell you, if you try to do it on your own strength, uh, it will be a lot of work. But God doesn't call us to do anything on our own. Isn't that good? He doesn't call us to walk it alone. We can persevere by applying these two things in our situation. And I'm sure there's more, but I'm just going to focus on these two. The first is to walk in God's grace. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, Rob Shaul is encouraging Timothy in much the same way that Kepha was encouraging this congregation here in the passage that we're looking at in this sermon series. And in verses 4 through 6, Rav Shaul uses these three examples for Timothy uh, to follow as he perseveres in his faith. Follow along here. Rav Shaul says to Timothy, No soldier on duty gets involved with civilian affairs, since he has to please his commanding officer. Also, an athlete cannot win a contest unless he competes according to the rules. And the farmer who has done the hard work should be the first to receive a share of the harvest. So what do these three have in common? And in context, when you read the whole uh, passage there and what Rob Shaul is saying to Timothy, he's telling him to not give up on his faith, but to persevere. And these three... Uh, types of people, the farmer, the soldier, the athlete, are people who persevere to achieve their desired goal, right? And they don't give up until they have arrived at their final destination. The farmer wants to see the crops. The athlete wants to cross the finish line first. The soldier wants to do his best to get promoted and to please his commanding officer. So they're going to continue to do what they need to do until those objectives are reached, and so Rob Sheol was saying to Timothy, you know, don't give up on your faith like these men uh, uh, persevere in their occupations. You need to persevere in your faith. But I want to put this in context of what else Rob Sheol said to him. So I want us to look back at verse 1 of chapter 2 of 2 Timothy because I think this is such an important concept for us to understand when you hear that God is saying to persevere and when you're already worn down and, and you hear me saying, you know, come on, let's do this, you can be like, Rabbi Carol. I just don't have the strength to do that. Well, the good news is you can do it in the grace of God. Because Rabbi Shul wasn't simply telling Timothy or you and I, as my husband sometimes says, to just suck it up, buttercup, right? He wasn't just saying, you know, just, you know, uh, hang in there, not at all. Verse 1 of 2 Timothy chapter 2. So do you then, my son, be empowered by what? By the grace that comes from the Messiah, Yeshua. Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.1. So then you, my son, be empowered by the grace that comes from the Messiah, Yeshua. Can you read that with me? Here's a modern version of it. Timothy, my child, Yeshua, the Messiah is kind, and you must let him make you strong. So let's talk about this for a minute. Grace, grace, grace. God is encouraging you, Timothy, and he's encouraging you and, my, and me today to be empowered, to be strengthened by his grace. One writer observed that though it is true that grace is the means by which we are saved, And by which we are enabled to walk in God's will. It is also true that same grace is the sphere in which all of a believer's life is lived. Hear what he's saying. Grace is the sphere in which you and I persevere. Day after day, moment by moment, we need to walk in God's grace. So often we don't. We strive and we struggle. And it's hard to persevere. It's hard to remain in faith because we're not walking in God's grace. God's grace is what strengthens and empowers you and me. I'm a pretty strong person, but without God's grace, I would never make it. My strength only goes so far. I'm human, right? And so are every one of you. And so we need the grace of God to strengthen us. But often, as I said, we don't walk in God's grace. And when this happens, it is hard to persevere because we uh, beat ourselves up striving for, to do more instead of walking in God's grace. His grace strengthens us to stand firm against the fiery darts of hell and to victoriously face the challenges that life throws at us and enabling us to turn them into positive steps that we can take towards the promises that God has for our lives. The psalmist tells us in Tehillim 84, that God bestows grace on his children. You're a child of God, and he has lavished his, not only his love upon you, which I love that verse, how it says that, that he lavishes his love upon us, but part of that love is his grace, and you need to receive that grace. And walk in it. Without grace, our tendency is to give up. Why? Because our human strength and ingenuity will only take us so far. Let's look again at that modern translation. Timothy, my child, Yeshua the Messiah is kind. And you must let him make you strong. And I believe that Adonai wants to speak to you this morning. If you're here in this sanctuary or if you're listening on the podcast. And this is what he's saying. My child, I am kind. Let me make you strong. Let me make you strong. I am kind and full of grace. Let me make you strong. That is the way that you and I will persevere. His grace empowers us. Grace empowers us. You think you need to be strong on your own. You think you need to, you know, to just rally up and muster yourself. Friends, it only lasts so far, but when you are empowered by his grace, you're able to persevere and to stand firmly like Abraham and David and Hadassah and Rob Shaul and Silas because it's not just your own strength. So the word that is used here, and I know we have a lot of grammarians here in the sanctuary not really. But I, you know, I like grammar. Uh, it was one of my favorite subjects in high school. I took a whole course just on grammar. Um, I know, believe it or not. But the grammar is a, is a big deal here. Because the verb that is here is in the passive voice. What does that mean? It means that Rav Shaul is not telling Timothy to be strong in his own strength. And if that was the case, it would be active voice. Passive means something is being done to you. So he's telling that the strengthening comes from without, not from Timothy, from within. And that that source uh, is the supernatural grace of Messiah. So it's not Timothy's own strength. He said, Timothy, you cannot persevere. You cannot stand firm in your faith on your own. But if you allow the grace of God to strengthen you, to empower you, then you will stand firm in your faith. And you will be able to pass that faith on to others. So God is saying to us this morning, walk in my grace, receive my grace, let my grace strengthen you. And often we don't because, let's face it, we all make mistakes, right? And sometimes we can beat ourselves up because of those mistakes, because of the things that we fail at. We, we all know our own failures. And when those failures, you know, are magnified by hell, then uh, and we're in a difficult situation that perhaps some of those failures caused our mistakes, right? Bring certain, there are consequences to our, st- our mistakes. We were talking about this in one of the studies uh, on Wednesday night recently, you know, that God forgives, but there's still sometimes consequences to our actions that uh, still remain in effect. And when those things are happening, uh, we can beat ourselves up, and when we're beating ourselves up, and it is hard to persevere because we are uh, overwhelmed by our own emotions, thinking I should have done this, I should have done that, and if only this had happened, if only that, then my life would be different, and the situation wouldn't be this way, my child would be this way, my spouse would be this way, you know, my finances, would be, all these things, that, that we come up with in our head and, and we're beating ourselves up thinking we should have done more. But God's grace will come in. It's the grace that forgives us for all of our, our mistakes, past, present, and future. Just uh, news alert, you're going to make mistakes in the future. Probably some of you will make some today, just saying it, right? But the good news is God's grace forgives us. And that grace strengthens us strengthens us to stand. And the enemy doesn't want you to walk in that grace. So yeah, by by grace we have been saved. So intellectually we understand that and we know we're saved because, okay, grace and faith. But we don't walk in that grace in the daily situation and in the circumstances we're facing in our family, with our children, with our spouse, with our work. We don't walk in grace. We just relegate grace to, oh, that, that was part of my salvation. No, grace is a part of your everyday walking. And it will empower you to persevere through the difficulties and situations that you're facing. We persevere when we allow Messiah's grace to strengthen us. And the second thing, and I'm going to close with this, that will enable us to persevere, to do all those things we talked about what perseverance is, is to anchor yourself in hope. To anchor yourself in hope. Now the imagery of an anchor you know, it w- was Shark Week this week. I don't know if you know this, that. We never normally watch, but this week we have watched a lot of these Shark Week shows and uh, been blown away by some of the things, have a lot of questions I wish they would answer on these. So these boats are out there, et cetera, on the ocean. But every boat has an anchor, right? What's the purpose of an anchor? A boat needs an anchor in order to ride out storms so that it doesn't get blown off course, or into the rocks or the reeds nearby. Even in a safe harbor, a ship needs an anchor so that it will not drift to hit something or sink. So for us, whether we're in the storms of life or in a harbor dwelling during a calm time of life, we all need an anchor for our souls so that we will not destroy our lives and so that we will persevere. And that anchor is hope. That anchor is hope. We are told that Yeshua is that anchor, that he is the hope, and that through the hope in Yeshua, we are able to persevere. The concept of perseverance in the the Hebrew Bible is to to hope in God. Uh, The Septuagint, which is the the Greek translation of the Bible before the time of Yeshua, uh, translates the Hebrew word kavah, into the Greek word that is used in our passage here in Kepha, bet. All right? And the root kavah is where we get the modern Hebrew word hatikva. We all know hatikva is the national anthem, which means the hope. So perseverance and hope is is really strongly connected in that one Hebrew word, uh, tikva. And it's used in Isaiah 40, uh, chapter 31. But those who hope in Adonai... Or wait in Adonai, persevere in Adonai, will renew their strength. They were soar aloft as with eagles' wings. When they are running they won't grow weary. When they are walking, they won't get tired. See, we are able to persevere when we hope in God. It has been on my heart this year, you can ask my husband, to preach either a message or a series, or maybe even to write an article article on the topic hope in a hopeless world. Hope in a hopeless world, because I think there's so much around us that uh, creates hopelessness in the hearts and minds of people. Like grace, hope strengthens us. It's not human strength that the prophet is talking about here. And I've spoken many times on this passage from Isaiah 40, 31, because it was my father's favorite verse. It was put on his uh, gravestone, because it was, uh, again, the the verse that he always uh, quoted, And so I've spoken many, many times on this this verse here, and it's not human strength. The imagery behind this verse here in Isaiah, he's saying that those who hope, therefore wait, therefore persevere in Adonai, shall renew their strength. Not your personal strength. That whole word renew means that you're going to exchange your strength. So it's no longer your strength. But you're going to take God's strength. And now that you have God's strength, you're going to be able to soar like an eagle and ride over the storms of life that you're encountering. So hope enables us to be strengthened just like grace does. And when we are strengthened, we are able to persevere and to stand. And I want to tell you that God's strength is far superior to my puny strength or to yours. And in this first letter to Timothy, Rob Shaul states... This, in 2 Timothy 1.1, from Shaul, an emissary of the Messiah Yeshua by command of our God, our deliverer, and the Messiah Yeshua our what? Hope. Messiah Yeshua is our hope. That hope enables you to persevere, which then strengthens your faith. He not only pours out grace into our lives, but he's the source of hope. Hope confidently expects that's the whole concept behind that Hebrew word. Waiting doesn't mean just waiting and twiddling your thumb, but it's an expectation that God is going to move on our behalf. It's not passively sitting around, but reflecting on the God who made the promise in the first place, the God who is your deliverer and protector and savior. Let's look at the context of Isaiah forty, 40 thirty one as we just close here. Chapter forty verse twenty one with whom then will you compare me? This is God speaking. With whom am I equal am I equal? asked the Holy One. Turn your eyes to the heavens, see who created these. He brings out the army of them in sequence, summoning each by name. Through his great might and his massive strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Yaakov? Why do you say Israel my way is hidden from Adonai? My rights are ignored by my God. Haven't you known? Haven't you heard that the everlasting God? Adonai the creator of the heaven of the ends of the earth does not grow tired or weary his understanding cannot be fathomed he invigorates the exhausted he gives strength to the powerless young men may grow tired and weary even the faintest uh, the fittest may stumble and fall but those who hope in Adonai will renew their strength they will soar aloft as with eagles when they're running, they won't grow weary. When they're walking, they won't get tired. And so, what do we learn about God from this passage that would encourage us to have hope? First of all, He's the Holy One. The Holy One. There's no one like Him. He is all powerful, His strength is beyond measure. Okay? No one compares to our God. We say it every week, right? In Kamoka, there's no one like you, but literally there is no one like our God. No one is as strong as our God. No one is as powerful as our God. And so when we read this passage, we get a picture of who God is, and that's why we can hope in him. And when we hope in him, we get strengthened. And when we are strengthened, our faith is strengthened because we are able to persevere We know that he never grows tired or weary. I don't know about you, but sometimes I think God might get tired of me asking the same thing over and over again and keep coming to him, saying, God, I'm in need again, God. You know, the the situation needs to be taken care of, God. God doesn't grow tired. He doesn't grow weary physically, emotionally, or any way. That's not who he is. He invigorates the exhausted. He strengthens those who feel powerless. And because of that, I can hope in him. And when I hope in him, I'm strengthened, which enables me to persevere. And when I persevere, my faith is added to. So this morning, I can conclude that when I hope in God, it enables me to persevere because I'm focusing not on my own abilities, but on the character, nature, and abilities of God whom I serve. It also means that I can stand firm and am not moved by what I see with my eyes because God is my hope. It also means I refuse to give up no matter how tired and weary I feel because my hope is in God who will invigorate and strengthen me when I feel I cannot go on anymore. It also means with courage I resist the powers of darkness bearing against me and my family Confident that victory is mine because my hope is in Adonai and not in my abilities and my ingenuity. And because Yeshua is the source of my hope, I can accept the challenges that are thrown at me and I can turn those challenges into building blocks that will take me to the future that I know Adonai has planned for me. And again, the speaker this morning was talking about that. Don't settle for less than what God has. Go towards that future. Persevere to walk into the future promises that God has for you. I can tell you before I sat down to work on this message, I, I have to confess I was a little weary and struggling with my own emotions and thoughts. As you know, it was a tough week with Rabbi Michael's health, beginning nine hours in the ER last week. Uh, and all the follow-up with the ophthalmologist, neurologist, and as I said earlier, we're so grateful for your prayers and standing in faith with us. In addition to that, you know, this past week, my struggle with the sinus and respiratory issues that have been going on probably about 10 years now, it's probably one of the worst weeks I've had in a long time. And uh, since that flight to Dallas last month, my ears have not been the same still. They just constantly bother me. And uh, other personal challenges that my family and I are facing, it really was bearing heavy on, on me. And last Sunday at the VIM banquet, Trish came up to Michael and I as we're serving. And she says, how do you guys do? just, like, keep going? I mean, you just were at the emergency room yesterday for nine hours, and how do you keep going? I said, well, it's the grace of God uh, upon our lives, and it's how he has wired us, you know, uh, our personality and things. And um, those words were tested this week, I can tell you, uh, you know, um, and I really needed to walk in the grace and in the hope of, of who God is in, in my life. And as I begin to study the word uh, in preparation for this message, I could li- literally feel my spirit man being encouraged and strengthened because God's word is powerful, Right. And it always accomplishes what it was sent forth to do. And in the midst of this week that was very strenuous and, and hectic for my family because of the, this issue that happened with Michael's eyes, the other things going on in my family, and the whole thing with my own health, hell was just pressing hard against my mind and emotion, and I was weary and weakened uh, emotionally and mentally mentally. But God reminded me that my hope was there to invigorate and to strengthen me. And he reminded me that his grace was there in the midst of the struggle and of the challenge that my family faced this week, that grace and hope was there to help us to persevere in our faith and to not give up. And God wants to encourage you here this morning and those listening uh, to this podcast to furnish your faith with perseverance by walking in His grace and being anchored in Him as your hope. And no matter how weary you may feel and no matter what challenge you might be going through, He is there and His grace and His hope is there for you. So I just want to close, my friends. Giving up should never, ever, ever be an option for any of us. We have a supernatural strength that we can draw upon In fact, we must draw upon that strength because if we don't, we will give up. But draw upon that supernatural strength through God's grace and through the anchor of our hope, Yeshua the Messiah. And I close with this scripture. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Do not give up. Do not give up. The promise is yours to obtain. Don't settle. Persevere. Stand firm. How do you do that? Not in your own strength, but in God's grace, his mercy, and in the hope of your life, Yeshua the Messiah. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Adonai, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your grace. And I thank you that you are the anchor of our hope. And God, with those two things, I know that we can be strengthened and that we can persevere. And as we persevere, it will strengthen our faith. God, for each person listening to to this message, either here in the sanctuary or via podcast, I pray that they would be encouraged by your word today, that uh, your grace would just uh, be poured out in a greater measure on their lives, that they would cling to the anchor of hope, Yeshua the Messiah, and they would never, ever, ever give up. Never, ever give up. Your promises are yes and amen and Messiah firmly knowing that you will move on our behalf and we thank you in yeshua's name amen i'm going to close with Ronic benediction and when i invite you to join us the congregation has provided cake and coffee for rabbi michael's birthday so whether you come here every week or you're visiting we invite you to please come up and have a piece of cake and coffee and there's a few little chocolates out there on the table as well may adonai bless you and keep you May Adonai make his face shine on you and show you his favor. May Adonai lift up his face towards you and give you shalom. May you walk in the peace of God Almighty. May you walk in his grace. And may you never, ever forget that the anchor of your hope is Yeshua. Shabbat shalom. Yeah. Mm-hmm.